Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to Is This Normal from Belfast Live. So this week we're talking about all things digital, keeping our kids safe on uh, social media, screen time, all of that. What do you think? Is this something you're worrying about yet? Already, yeah, I'm 100% worrying about it. And I'm, like, even my wee man is 10 months old and he already, you know, is reaching for my phone out of my hand, my mm-hmm. husband's phone. And that's probably my fault because I know I'm probably surgically attached to my phone so much so that my husband <laughs> nicknames me. Samsung just because I always have my phone in my hand and that is I know I've I've tried so so hard to set it down and I do set it down obviously but I genuinely think it's it's the nature of our work as well you're constantly checking news and emails and oh it's it's terrible so I'm already worrying about how much of a detrimental impact that's having on my 10 month old what about you I know well yeah I know because you kind of have to keep looking for emails I don't know maybe I'm not as diligent about my work as you are <laughs> no it's not I even <laughs> probably work oh god I'm no terrible. I'm only joking. terrible parent <laughs> no I am I'm, I'm terrible as well I'm just really kind of rubbish on Twitter so um <laughs> but yeah it is something that we're worried about obviously as well no, not so much for now but kind of what's looming around the corner yeah Betsy's four Alice is two we're kind of we're kind of early days yet before yeah. the craziness starts but there is a like there's so much on this topic to talk about be it even screen time at this early age so you know what again guilty of probably putting on you know nursery rhymes to kind of just sat pacify him for a couple of minutes if he's having a really bad teething day and you know i think we're all we're all guilty of that so we're probably just there's so many questions so i think it's definitely time to to bring in an expert who can advise us all what we should be doing Today we are joined by Margaret Gallagher, the Campaigns Manager for the NSPCC in Northern Ireland. Hello Margaret, how are you? Hello, doing? how are you both? <laughs> Great, um, Margaret it's lovely to have you and obviously today the big topic is our kids and the digital age and everything that goes with it and all those stresses and worries that kind of keep parents awake at night. Um, so how long have you been working with children and young people then? Well around online safety, around four or five years um, and with the NSPCC 11 years uh, but this became an emerging theme for us uh, a number of years back and we knew we had to do something different because we've all been caught in the back foot with the online world mm-hmm. um, adults particularly and so we had to you know develop a strategy around this to try and address the issues that were rising through Childline and through our services. And so what was the first indication that you needed to, to do something? Probably when we, we do a lot of anti-bullying work. So it was that moving from bullying in the schools and the face-to-face. We were starting to hear about bullying offline. Um, and particularly, again, as social media began to reach into with this notion of 13-year-olds. But we were beginning to see that in 8, and 9 and 10-year-olds that they were online. They had their social media profiles. So those types of things. Um, and we also had parents contacting us about issues. There were children being contacted online by strangers. 
and the parents were feeling very overwhelmed by their lack of knowledge of the technology and really disempowered their parenting mm. because they felt the children were experts and the children kind of knew they were experts. And is that right? Yeah, and that's a part. The children <laughs> are the experts. This is their world. We now talk about digital natives. So children even born in the last 10, 15 years are what we call digital natives and that they've never known a world uh, or a childhood without social media and that profile. Uh, whereas before that, we still would have people who were maybe <coughs> playing on Nintendo or yeah. using the online Aria. world, but it, it wasn't integrated into their social life and their, 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 their even the family's social life. So um, yeah, it's 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 shifted and it's shifting all the time, and oh. this is something we can't stand still on. Oh my goodness! Right. So so what kind of age you're talking eight and nine? Is that normal for kids to be to, to be? Um, to be getting social media accounts when they're eight and nine years old? Yeah, well, fairly normal now. Yeah. Not all children are. Some parents are, are saying no, it'll be maybe secondary school. Um, and we are moving away from this notion of online safety, do what we call digital resilience. And that is we're preparing our children for that transition around 10, 11 and the secondary school in particular, um, because they will be expected to be online. They will be expected to have a social media account by their peers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want parents to prepare them to build a resilience for what that brings, because it is really now a part of growing up. Some children choose not to do it. Some parents are quite restrictive on it as well. But what can happen is that the young person might go ahead themselves and create a fake account. Yeah. And therefore, if you were not building the resilience about what would you do, how would you deal with that? The communication is the key to our work around online safety with parents and with with children and young people. But um, I've been in Belfast in the last couple of months working in early year settings, insure starts Mm. with parents who have children. We now have children who are pre-verbal uh, pre-mobile, they're not walking, they're not talking, and they have technology in their hands. Yeah. So it's a different issue for them. It's not so much around the social media, <clears throat> but we have huge concerns over children and young people watching stuff that um, can frighten them, mm-hmm. can upset them, or else um, it can take away from the communication and the, the relationship with the parent. We've had a lot of confusing direction from quite large national organisations around this. Some people are saying it doesn't really matter. Some people are saying, yes, clearly it does. And for younger children, it matters. Um, it would be quite surprised. Ofcom have a report comes out every year and it is a really interesting read about what young people are doing online. Um, because even you can make assumptions that everything they're doing is bad and that everything we do is good online. So we're doing our bank and we're doing our, you know, groceries, groceries. We're looking at (laughs) holidays and all that, but we're also looking at news. We're also looking at gossipy stuff as well. And it's very much similar to what we're doing, Mm -hmm. but there are things that then are different, like the gaming Mm -hmm. um, and like um, the social media, the the reliance on the social media. So the screen time can can sort of, you know, is it bad that if somebody's watching the, um, been online for four hours watching something educational or maybe quite interesting. Somebody else could be on 20 minutes and do something completely daft or be in a very risky site. Mm-hmm. So we look at the quality of what they're doing and also what's the benefits. We have children maybe who have, who are isolated, maybe in rural areas, maybe a disability. And this might actually be a really good thing for them. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the parent involvement, the communication, the knowledge that the parent has of supporting that child to make good choices online. We have a campaign called the Wild West Web, and it's actually about the need for regulation of the online world. It's a, a policy call campaign across the UK because we believe, um, you know, just like you can't go into a supermarket and buy adult content magazines, just like I can't take my children to an 18 film, um, we believe that the same regulation should be applied to the online world, that we need to make it safer for children. The internet was not designed for children. It's an adult 
design. It's not protective of children and we need to take action as parents um, and as adults to make sure that it's a safe environment. So it's, it's really, we have some strong calls around this 2D industry. And so what's the, the balance for parents? Because at what point do you start really invading their privacy? Because like, is reading their social media stuff the same as reading their diary when, you know, in my day? We think the younger children, there should be much more involvement uh, in terms of managing the device, managing the technology. And we think it then becomes a more negotiated issue as they get into their teenage years. Um, you know, but if children are taking risk-taking behaviours, a parent still has the right to protect them. So if you do become aware of posts or uh, sites that they're on that are risky, uh, I think we need to support parents to say, you know, it is your responsibility as, as a good parent to address these issues, whether it's through communication, whether it's through negotiation. So we would have a kind of guidance around, you know, talking to your child around this. It's called team. It's a, a, a way of which we can remember it. You know, exploring what they're doing online, being involved with what they're doing, mm -hmm. asking them why they want to buy a game, what type of sites they're on. Um, agree in your family rules and boundaries because uh, often their friends may be allowed to be on all night. They may be allowed games that are 18 when they're 12, 13. But it's about standing firm as to what you're, you're agreeing to with your child. And, and managing the technology, there is a way of restricting it where you can switch off 18 content and things like that. And we have all that advice online for people. Um, and we have lots of guidance about how to translate this from being, we want parents to move from being worried about this issue to managing it and getting support if they, if they feel they can't do it themselves. So a lot of people are worried about it, but we want you to take action. We want you to talk to us, talk to your child. Um, find out a bit about it because it's uh, such an important issue because when things go wrong they can be they can go badly wrong well can you tell us any examples that you've come across um well you know we know nationally there's quite a lot of contact <coughs> on certain sites between adults to children um we would know uh, there was a recent cases around um uh, social media where there seemed to be the promotion of self-harm um, and the fact it was very hard to take that content down and that's not something that young people should be exposed to. Um, and we also know there was posts uh, as well around where adults were making comments about children on their athletic type posts and things like that. Things that seem pretty normal and routine, but in the wrong hands with the wrong people, you're exposing your child to maybe contact from um, an adult who doesn't have good intentions and who could say quite upsetting things. And I say we have had uh, you know local cases as well where uh, young people have been approached they think it's another young person and uh, maybe they've shared images and then it turns out this is an adult who's you know then subsequently gone through the criminal justice system and these are things that if we look at it in our day-to-day -day media and I'm sure within your <coughs> media um, they come up and they seem as one-offs um, but it's like, how do we prepare a child so the first time somebody makes contact like that, that they have the confidence to report that person, to talk to you, to block them, um, to have that discussion. Because what we want is your child coming to you. Mm -hmm. We don't want them saying, my mother and father's going to absolutely, you know, take this mad. device yeah. off yeah. me. They're going to go mad. Um, we want you to understand that sometimes risks happen. And we also, the best place for you to be is helping your child manage that. You need advice from us. Again, our contact details, our helplines. We, there's lots of ways we can support you. Um, but the best way, way for you to be involved in your child's life is to talk to them about their online world and not just hope it's okay. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the, a, a really good point because I think if we maybe are sometimes too afraid and I'm sure parents of older kids, I know I'm, obviously I'm not at that stage yet, um, but I think the parents of older kids probably are just saying, 
I'll be okay. You know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna maybe invade their privacy. I know there's probably an element maybe of wanting to, in some parents, maybe just wanting to behave more like their friend rather than a parent, and 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 not wanting to kind of invade privacy. But as you say, if they are gonna come proactively to the parent and say, look, mom or dad, I was sent this message. I don't think it's right. Then that's obviously the aim, isn't it? Yeah, because the responsibility is really with the adult who's making the contact with children or maybe they've clicked on something they thought it was going to be a funny video and somebody sent them a link to adult content or a, a, a violent <laughs> image and it can upset them um, or they can be worried about scare stories online. Um, and we would know from Childline, children absorb quite a lot of information around the world around us, around uh, they worry about the environment, they worry about what's happening in the world. Um, and sometimes we don't really listen to that. And they are children, that's the other thing, is that we can say, oh, sure, that's nonsense and, you know, that's fake news. But to them, if we aren't having the discussions with them, it could be sitting with them and causing anxiety. And we know there's a huge increase in anxiety generally. Mm-hmm. And do you think um, that's linked in a big way to social well, media? Well, you know, the evidence is beginning to point towards a, a variety of factors, whether it's in the real world, maybe pressures they're under themselves and the impact of changing family circumstances or whatever. But certainly, you know, bullying online still is an issue. But we also know that um, just the pressure to be online um, is becoming is increasing. And I say, for a variety of reasons, anxiety and, and those types of um, emotional health and well-being issues are definitely becoming within younger children and are rising within our child lane services. Now that we're getting more and more contacts. Um, and so, what would the youngest ages be that you're that you're hearing about? Well, child lane traditionally, um, it's actually a wee bit older than probably people would think. It's probably you know they're into their uh, early teens would be a lot of the contacts to child lane. Um, we do have younger children, maybe seven or eight, but that would be you know. Um, not so much of our context <coughs> but we have actually have a fantastic website where we're trying to use the digital platforms to push out our content so even if a child doesn't want to contact us whether ring or now message in or whatever which is the preferred choice um, that they go online and they read positive content um, they read we have uh, tools and we games and different things to help alleviate stress so we're trying to bring the content and the material to them they might never contact us directly in person but they're getting the tools to see that they're not alone yeah. um, and also how do we build the resilience around taking control taking time out um, healthy use of social media and healthy use of, of their online world and do you know when you're talking about online bullying, the, the instinct for me, and obviously I'm not from that native digital age, um, but um, the the inclination that I would have is just to come off it, just to stop and close your accounts. And I'm, presumably that's just a stupid thing to say to a small kid, is it that they're not going to well, do it? I think actually the older children, it's it's like they'd rather perhaps be online and experiencing that. Experiencing yeah. that. We know that quite a lot of the content, um, and there was some research came out this week from somewhere else as well about. Um, that the within the gaming section as well within games, that the normal behaviour can be quite aggressive, and the language they use even with their yes. friends and their peers who are not it's not bullying, but it's all became quite ramped up. It's very emotional. Um, the games are designed to ramp up that type of competitiveness, but it can leave the fallings out, and it can be you know, um, they, they talk about now normies. <coughs> about mm. normal people on, online and stuff. So there's what a whole, whole category. No, kind of normies or people kind of like just follow, you know, the, the people say, oh, they get the memes about like two months later after oh, people get the like, eye squares. Like you know, they kind of like <laughs> repost the stuff two months later when it's died to death, like and they're, they're not in there. <laughs> so, um, and again, within the games, there's all different, you know, that who's... who's Slang um, terms as well is another thing. There's so many different, you know, I can sometimes pick up on, on social media myself where 
maybe younger cousins and things uh-huh. that I have and, and they're using these acronyms that I have absolutely uh-huh. no clue what they mean yeah. and I'm sure that's another thing for parents where, yeah. they're, where they're maybe seeing these and going what yeah. does that even mean because they're all just letters to me well to me anyway <laughs> And it's asking them, just straight out. I ask my crowd. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they think I'm like a dinosaur. That's <laughs> no. fine. Yeah. But I'm saying, and then I say to them, because of the job I do, it's a wee bit easier. Because I'm saying, well, you know what? I'm supposed to be talking to parents about this stuff and talking to them. I need you to tell me. Yeah. Um, and boy, do they tell me they are quite, they quite enjoy the fact that I have to ask them the they power do, yeah. that it gives <laughs> them. <laughs> um, but I suppose the other thing we would say is a really key message <clears throat> we've learned yourself is if the only time you're talking to your child about their online world is when you're threatening to remove it, they're not likely to have this healthy conversation, this two back and forth day-to-day negotiation and chat. So if they're cheeky to you or they haven't done as well and there's exams, you're saying, right, that's it. I mm-hmm. Get down off that PlayStation now. Okay. Come down here now. Give me that phone. Mm-hmm. You then have difficulty having those more rounded conversations about it. So if the behaviour is about what they did online say they're up shouting and roaring, raging, as they call it, on the PlayStation, <laughs> Fortnite, you can say, you know, that behaviour's not acceptable. I've told you that mm-hmm. language. I want you to come down off it. But if it's because they haven't done their homework, we try and find different discipline strategies. Every parent will tell us it's the most powerful form of discipline. Yeah, I, I can imagine. It. <laughs> yeah. But it negates your role then. It's very hard for you then to say, well, show me what Fortnite's like. Show me how that works. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be... Not their friend, not their peer. Yeah. But if it's always about you threatening the discipline, then you're the enemy of the technology. Yeah. So it's about, you know, reining that in again. And they're probably more likely to hide stuff from you if they yeah. do see you in that respect yeah. where, oh, well, I'm just I'm not going to tell her because she'll go mental. So I'll just yeah. keep it to myself. Yeah. And I suppose for us, um, the very obvious things that children might be accessing that we would be concerned about are the adult content, but there's quite violent content. And I say there's quite inappropriate stuff for whether it's racist, homophobic, mm-hmm. um, extreme views. There's quite a lot of other things. And also, I say as Instagram issue appeared recently in the news, pro-self-harm, pro-suicide mm-hmm. and pro-anorexia, which may not be that apparent to us, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what the children are doing online themselves. So what's their behaviour like? Um, have you talked to them about that as well? So there's very key themes. And we have lots of information online about the kind of ages and stages so what might be more concerned when you have a four or eight year old um you know there are many devices that are well restricted for younger children but as they move into their uh, transition from primary to secondary school that's really where the risks again will increase dramatically due to the access to technology so that's where your communication all along um and the agreement that you have as a parent is really really important do you know even as a real basic thing at what point should you give your child an iPad or a phone or something like that? Because is that secondary skill? Is it late primary skill? What's Every family is different. Right. Some people are very restrictive. Um, and some people give the technology, but they have the conversation and they also manage it. So they will have turned off content. Mm-hmm. They'll have sought advice. I mean, we work with O2 all around the UK. It's a free service for anyone, no matter who your service provider is. So it doesn't matter who your phone is or whatever. You can go to an O2 store and an O2 guru will you can get an appointment or you can ring our free helpline because we want to move you from being concerned about those things mm-hmm. to knowing how to take control of it. The technology is different for every device and every app and site and all those things. So what we want you to do is right, say, this is the age of my child. What I need to know. What's, you know, do we I turn off? How is their profile private? Because some of the, the uh, apps, you're, it's automatically set to public. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? And if you, you know, if you don't know that, who can help you? 
Um, so we've tried to make our partnership is to make this as accessible as possible to get um, that support to actually manage the device. So it's it's not so much what age, it's what the restrictions are. Okay. Have you bought a device that's designed for children? Because if it's designed for children, it more than likely has, you know, sort of foolproof um, technology around some of the 18 stuff, the content and that. Um, but then I suppose there's the screen time issue as well. It's sitting on an iPad at the age of four and five watching. But then actually, if you think back to when we were kids, you know, you're going to get square eyes from watching the TV. That was not true. So are we worrying too much about um, screen time for kids? Like, what's the difference between watching Peppa Pig on an iPad and watching Peppa Pig on the TV? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's exactly what my children challenged me about. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't. Like, I'm come totally down off that like, tele- yeah. Netflix and come down into this room to watch that big TV with yeah. me. Yeah. this is more The jury's out in that as well. I think it's everything in moderation. You know your child best. We're not here to tell parents how to parent. We're here to support them. Mm -hmm. But if your child's been anxious, if your child is tired, if your child is uh, grumpy, if your child can't put down the phone, anybody would tell you that that's not, you know, your child's behaviour has been affected by it. I think the problem for us is, is that the days go past very quickly and we have all good intentions before we know it we're all sat at the kitchen table with our phones out so it's about those sort of you know quality family times um, and creating those times where you're tech free I think it's probably very healthy and we're seeing schools and all sorts of places trying to manage that so that's a good point obviously then we've got that stage where I think I know I'm guilty of it um, and I only have I still have a, a child who's under one at the minute at least 10 months but We've been in that situation and I've seen it with family members and friends where you're out for dinner. The child is there, the baby's there, whatever, and they're maybe getting a little frustrated and you're just trying your best to keep them quiet and out comes a phone or an iPad with whatever content they want to watch. Now, my 10-month-old is watching nursery rhymes just to keep him quiet for a couple of minutes if there is, he's having a bit of a, a bad day. But I mean, is that, like, I mean, is that normal or is it just really bad or should we just try and avoid giving screens? Are given into screens, probably. Face, you look so no, I feel so guilty. <laughs> Confessions of a Confessions of a new mum. Um, I think it's again, as you see where this goes long term. If that's yeah. a one off, and the child, you know, there's other ways of distracting the child. Mm-hmm. Probably great, but the we are living in that world. But and also, you remember, our children are watching us. Yeah, that's the and they're thing. watching us uh, on your totally phone. focused on phones. So they want to know what we're looking at all the time. And the stuff I did in the Sure Starts earlier here in the year was quite interesting because we were talking about buying technology that maybe was, sound, as I said, you all set up for children. Mm-hmm. By the time you're buying that, it's usually about four, three, four. Mm-hmm. Those children already know mm-hmm. that that's what not what they want is, yeah. because they know your phone is faster. Mm-hmm. They know it's more visual. And when we discussed this with parents, that was exactly it. They're saying they didn't want it. Like Santa might have brought it, but yeah. they didn't want it because they knew your iPhone with YouTube on it was much faster and much flasher. So they're not silly at no, all. They're not. So it's that um I think it's that the not making it on demand that yeah. the child doesn't, doesn't cry dictate and cry, it dictate until he gets that. it. No. I mean, a bit like you always giving them chips if they want the chips, yeah, you know, that you have to you have to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it can be difficult because it's such a powerful tool in mm-hmm. their hands. Um and if we look at things like YouTube, um, there's such content on it, you can get mm-hmm. your Peppa Pigs, you can get everything on it. But there are real risks there. Yeah, there's um, risks. And there's YouTube there kids. YouTube, YouTube but again, kids. But it's been infiltrated, I know that yeah, as well. It so doesn't always filter. So, and that's for younger children in particular. Mm-hmm. We've been saying, you know, managing that quite tightly beside it, yeah. you is really, really important. And the other side of that is, do you know what they're watching? Even as they get a bit older, we have a, um, 
it's an app, but it's also a website as well called NetAware. Mm-hmm. We have some of the top sites and apps that uh, children and young people are using. So when your child's maybe asking you, I want to have Movie Star Planet, Mommy, everybody in my class has, and they're maybe quite young, mm-hmm. um, and you're not quite sure, you know, it sounds kind of fun, is, and yeah. so-and-so's mommy, let them have it. But this, you can go on and, and put in, and if it's within, let's say, the top 50, it'll show you what, what the age ratings are recommended. It'll, show you, it'll tell you what they can actually do. A lot of people don't realise, even with gaming, that people can communicate with your child, they can message them, they can talk to them. Um, and it'll tell you all the functionality. It'll also tell you some of the good things about that app or site. We've done a huge surveys with young people and, and parents, but it'll also tell you some of the risks. And then at the very bottom of the page for each of one of the apps and sites, it will give you directions for more help. So, um, you know, some people are very tech savvy. They'll go off and do that themselves. But we find a lot of parents when I'm out in communities really don't know where to begin. So we're trying to make that journey simpler for you. Come to us. We have our own helpline as well with O2, which is a technical helpline. And you might say, you know, I've heard about this game. I've heard about this certain thing. And they will research for that for you and help you make that decision. Um, but it's about that involvement, that knowledge. Um, you know, some of these apps are, are public, so anyone can contact your child. And it's not until that happens that it becomes apparent that you don't know what's there. And things like location settings and all these types of things really are, are, are really there to be dealt with. Yeah. And do you know when you're talking about, you know, precious mother kids, my daughter just turned four and about a couple of weeks before her birthday, she said, Mommy, I might get an iPad for my my birthday I thought how cheap you know an iPad is because we've got one in the house and it's cracked like it's we've had it for about five years whenever it's cracked and it's never out and then she said oh such and such I won't name names but she's named half her class had iPads I thought oh my god at four like is that is that well, it depends again thing, yeah uh, it depends I suppose it's a different way of, of, sure of watching as well as anything else it's so much money like yeah yeah it's expensive well you know there's schools now where they insist they have iPads and these secondary schools yeah, where the, the technology and things, yeah. and things like that so we see they see get introduced to technology in all areas and I say children are extremely clever mm-hmm. even when you're sat at McDonald's if somebody else has an iPad they know what that is mm-hmm. and they're very aware of the brands as well yeah. um, and the sort of marketing of these things so when we're well, you so know they got like a rubbish I mean, cheap version uh, yeah. I mean I don't look at them the only person in our house has anything made by Apple is my daughter because clearly I have the worst phone in the house. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're very much and they getting the best technology as well. They understand the technology. They understand about artificial intelligence. They, they're, they're being introduced to this all the time. It is their world. Um, the rest is kind of, I'm dragged along to it when I have to use it and do it. So that, that could be really positive because what we also say is the best jobs and some of the best jobs that are going to come to Northern Ireland will be in this area. Mm-hmm. So is, we, yeah, we're not, huge. you know, you cannot be against tech. No. Tech is going to enable our young people to have fantastic careers. Mm-hmm. It will eventually make our lives much easier, um, we hope, without mm-hmm. doing away with traditional employment. But at the same time, I mean, the jobs around this area in Belfast are fantastic yeah. software developers. So we want them to have a positive relationship with technology. We yes. want to view it as a, you can have tech for good. Yeah. So you don't want parents to be afraid yeah. and put the frighteners on them. I know because no. I kind of thought, was there going to be a big backlash against it all? Because now we're all starting to get our heads around it a little bit about the bullying online and all that kind of thing. Where, you know, our kids, the little yeah. ones, going to kind of turn off a little bit? Mm-hmm. But is that just not going to happen? No, no. And I think the other thing about bullying online, people think it's all around name calling. One of the most powerful ways of bullying online is just not to include people. Yeah. Oh. Very hard for parents to understand that, that, you know, so I put up a, a post on Instagram um, here in Belfast today. Here I am, oh, lovely day, it's Friday, wearing mm-hmm. my whatever. And two people like it 
and you know nobody really comments so my other friend an hour later puts one up oh here I am down at City Hall she gets 100 likes and about 80 comments so saying oh you beauty babe oh I love you love you too <laughs> mm-hmm. right God. and it just feels as if and, and actually the scientific evidence is saying that that's as bad as being hurt yeah. uh, emotionally mm-hmm. so but for a parent hearing that from a child they would be just saying oh for God's sake get over yourself yeah. I mean for God's yeah. sake it doesn't mean yeah, it likes, likes on social media doesn't mean anything um, but then would that even be intentional because if somebody just doesn't see your post or something and don't like it are there being you know patterns of bullying behaviour targeting people right, yeah. you know to feel powerful other people need to take power and kind of you know there's a whole other and it can be just something that becomes normal that everybody's Mm -hmm. accepted this is what we do and this is how we behave so that's a method of being mean it's just not liking people's stuff and there has but there has been discussions i noticed just um recently about i think it was was possibly instagram where they're talking about hiding the like count on photographs so that you personally can see 25 people liked your post but it doesn't appear publicly so that you know element of oh my God, did you see her photograph that only got so many likes? Isn't there anymore? Yeah. I mean, would that be something you guys would recommend? So is that what they would say? Sorry, just that, did you see she didn't get any likes? Is that even a thing? Well, they, they, you know, people try not to be competitive. Yeah. Right? And you've, if you've got a recent child or whatever, you know the growth charts and for yeah. babies. Oh you know, God, yeah. It's <laughs> like, I'm not competitive for where is my child on, on that percentile? I know. It, I'm not at all. shocking. You know, really? Yeah, among, among, <laughs> I'm like, it is no it is because even and it's not you're not be, you're not being competitive but <gasps> like I mean in my in my own <laughs> in my own experience there's 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 friends and family members who had babies around the time that I had my wee man and you're not being competitive but even even in the, there's a recent and <laughs> and you know where, where my wee man goes to be looked after when I'm at work and you've heard you're hearing things from from other parents who are asking how, how many teeth does he have for you know hauling them under their yeah. feet to walk <laughs> I know any child how, what, what age did your wee man walk with each I'm like and, and it's yeah. not it is scary that even that has come down to competitive oh nature but I say I think there's a human, human nature stuff that you just can't no matter yeah, how so much we say you know don't be like that don't be mean and that actually brings me in another point of online safety which is called sharenting mm-hmm. have you heard of it no and it's really about oversharing your child's Oh, yeah. world before yeah. they're even of an age to even have any consent so we're talking about your antenatal scans going up you're talking about mm. your you know baby yes. for, um, and you're talking about that tracking um, and just the privacy of your child and your family mm-hmm. um, and I know there was a celebrity recently that the daughters challenged her globally about sharing without her permission yeah. so but a very young babies there's, there's been work done in the western trust area by a, um, a social work member there team member who did a bit of research around it and it's a growing phenomenon about saying about just even just protecting your own family um privacy around that and your child and also being careful about what you're putting up and being careful yeah. about the types of photos you're putting up um, and it is called sharing which is a whole maybe you want it's, to look at that it's, it's so an interesting true. concept and you know even bring it with that and the competitive sort of thing and not that I feel like I am but do you know you get ones who are like look at my beautiful daughter I love her so much blah 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 and I don't really do that that much I don't really do it very much and occasionally I'll stick a wee picture up of the of the girls and then I feel like do people think I don't really like my children are gorgeous yeah, and amazing I because I don't put them on Facebook but I I don't do you know what I mean and I occasionally I could, do, I could do there are pictures of them there and like my profile pictures me with with the baby yeah. but I don't like do it you know on a weekly basis I would do it a couple of mm. every couple of months or whatever it's six or something but then I do you think does everybody just think I don't yeah. really care 
It's also the extrapolated figures for who can view your posts. So within Facebook, there's it's something like the average number of users around 300. And then if you have it in a friends of friends setting, it's up and like 70, 80,000 people can see your posts. <gasps> that's if they all didn't know each other. So the whole thing is, do you trust everybody that's in your network? Your uh, how, how secure is your profile? Mm-hmm. Um, and a good thing of doing is Googling yourself and searching for yourself online. You'll start to see where you're popping up and even your children email and different addresses. But obviously, it's a good thing is to search and search for their profile names, whatever, and you can see then where they're appearing. Um, some people I say good role models yourself what kind of comments do adults leave because um, I've seen people leave comments that they weren't aware they were leaving it on a public page on a media page yeah um, and so we're all learning about this technology and it's you know we. Th- but there are consequences and I think that just the more proactive we are um, and the more positive we are with our children and young people about the technology but in a very much a responsible way that we will help protect them um, from the risks and it's not all risk some great stuff online you know I work with YouTubers who are making their career now um, I was in Belfast last week with my daughter paying £70 to go and meet and greet a YouTuber it is a career, cho- yeah, career is. choice now yeah. um, younger kids in primary school it's they know the YouTubers and, and again making sure you know if your children are following YouTubers what kind of content does this person discuss mm-hmm. how appropriate is it um, and again these viral videos and that as well really important that you're tuned into that and there is money to be made as well. Being very careful with your child about um, purchases and in-app purchases and their understanding. Um, we're beginning to see quite a lot around the gaming, um, developing towards concerns around gaming uh, with teenage children in particular, around the encouragement to spend money that may in the future lead to them being more open to um, possibly gambling addictions and things although that's a follow on it's early it? days in terms of a lot of this we're not sure you know but I say it's 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 everything in moderation I think is the key yeah. in life and being really involved uh, with your child and seeking help and you know I, I, I'm not afraid to be a bit sound a bit silly with my own children I'm saying I'm not the expert in some of this mm-hmm. but I'm your parent and I love you and I care about you and that's why I'm involved She was brilliant, wasn't she? Absolutely amazing. And then there's so much, so much stuff we probably didn't know. But the one message I have taken away from that, as well as all the scary things we need to be concerned about, is this is a huge potential moneymaker for future generations. I know we don't need to freak out too much. It's going to be fine. All we need to do is just get with it, embrace it, not be scared and just, you know, get on side with our kids and let them... That's it. Have have the confidence probably to have the conversations and embrace it and and probably there's an element of trust there too. So hoping, you can't just, I suppose, hope that your kids are not going to look at the things they shouldn't be looking at. Have the conversation, educate yourself and if you are worried, you know where to turn. Yeah, exactly. Okay, listen, right. Thanks, Samsung. Uh, thanks, everyone else. <laughs> Scundered now. Why do See I you next week. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.